Hello and a warm welcome. I'm Armin Trost, professor at the Furtwangen University in Germany. And this is my series on human resources strategies, a real master course for advanced HR students, professionals and executives. This series is available on YouTube and on all podcatchers like iTunes or Spotify. All slides that support this series are available on my website. For more information, please read the description to this YouTube or podcast. I'd also like to refer to my book, Human Resources Strategies, available at most online bookstores. So, again, thanks for listening Have fun and gain valuable insights into the fascinating world of HR strategies. Whenever we think about talent management, there is one particular question in the room. What is a talent? Who is, who is a talent? So, basically, we talk about talent identification. And uh, at this point, I would like to start very early with a strategic statement. And the strategic statement goes like this. For us, a talent is someone belonging to a selected elite. Employees to whom we attribute the long-term potential to master challenges of strategic importance. Okay, this is a talent, as many companies see it. Yeah? A person, a talent is a person, a star, a superhero who has the potential to become so good on the long run that he or she is capable to deal with significant strategic challenges. And the important thing here is to see that we consider talent as some, something that you are, not something that you have. It's something that you are. You are a talent and the others aren't, right? So you belong to a kind of elite. Is that the way how you look at talent? Well, okay, this is, this is one, one way to look at things. And it's a reasonable way, of course. But before we look at different ways Uh, how you might look at talent, I would like to talk with you a little bit about about this term, talent. And you know, since since years, since I since I teach human resource management, I always love to ask my students, please define talent. What is that? And uh, I mean I could I could invite you now to to think for a minute about hmm, how would you define talent? What comes to your mind? And you know There is something that I always experience, that there is a kind of confusion. And when you ask this to people, what is talent, you get answers like, oh, talent, you know, talent is something that must develop, but something that you have or not. Um, if, you, if you are talented, then you are very, very good in something. Hmm. Okay, good. So, and, and now let's think about a very talented person. You know, I, I, I'm, I'm a passionate golf player, as you all know. So let's, let's have Tiger Woods. Tiger Woods is, is probably one of the best golfers that has ever lived. He's unbelievable. And, and Tiger Woods, is he talented? 
Has, has he talent? And everybody would say, yeah, of course, of course. Okay, since when? Since, since his childhood? Since when? H how did he acquire this talent? Where did the talent come from? Well, that was always there, but he had to develop it. Okay, what did he develop? The talent. But he was always there. So, was it the competence or was it talent? No, it's the competence. And somebody else says, no, no, no. Talent means that you are extremely good in something. But Tiger Wood was not always good in, in go playing golf. He was good since, I don't know, his youth. Yeah. Hmm. How's that? So, it's, it's very confusing, right? Um, now, it's, here is a view I would like to share with you so that you understand the nature of talent. And, you know, whatever competence we are talking here, whether it's playing golf, whether it's leading people, whether it's managing an organization, whether it's programming software, whether it's selling products, uh, whether it's speaking a language, whether it's playing an instrument, You always learn in the same way. So you have to imagine a kind of learning curve. A learning curve meaning you start low, you, start, you begin sometimes. Whenever it is in your life, you begin very low. Even Tiger Woods started very low and competence was very low in the beginning. Of course it was. Yeah? And then he got better. And that's the same with you. Whenever you start learning something, you get better. And in the beginning, you learn very fast. So the learning curve is steep. And then over time, the learning curve uh, f f gets, gets more, more flat. It, 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 it flattens, right? And, and sometimes you, you achieve your peak. And it could happen that, that your competence gets worse over time. So, for instance, in sports, you might have your peak in, I don't know, uh, a specific age. But when you're 30, 40, 50, yeah, you are not as good as you were earlier in your life. So, competence goes down. Okay? So, this entire curve is what we name a learning curve. And that's not only with regards to, to your life, how you get better in things in your life, but also how you get better uh, with regards to within different career steps. You know, whenever you take over a new role, a new job, when you maybe get promoted, in the beginning of the new role, you learn very fast. So the curve, again, steep, but then it flattens. So on a macro level, but also on a micro level, you have this kind of learning curve. Now here's the thing. Whatever we are talking about, whether it's playing golf, playing instrument, or whatever, leading an organization, we assume that there is a magic, hidden, maximum potential competence level that you could achieve. That you could achieve. And, and this level is stable. It is, it is given, it's defined through DNA. It, it, it is in your genes, right? And since when do you have this? You have this since the very moment of conception. <laughs> Nine months before you, you, you get born. So you have this maximum potential level of competence that you could achieve. It's hypothetical. 
you could could not measure it but it's there and for some people and for some competencies this maximum potential competence level could be extremely high meaning in one competence you could you could be extremely extraordinarily good and if this is the case then we would say you have a talent does that mean that you are good in that competence that you have a high level of competence already no not at all does not mean that it just means that you could be good it does not mean that you are good okay so There is this kind of ceiling that you could achieve. And now you learn, you learn, you learn, you learn. And when you compare your current competence model to the level that you could achieve, then we name this potential. Okay? So potential is the difference between where you currently are and where you could be. Right? So when you learn, when you grow, your potential decreases. Okay? You understand this? Can you imagine this? Now, here's the magic point. You might ask yourself, how could I find out, how could anybody find out where the maximum potential competence level is? How could you find this out? And, and, and here's the magic thing. You, you, we assume it is there, but you can't measure it. And, and nobody tells you where you could be good. That's why, I, that's why I really believe, really, this is one of the very few fundamental questions in your life to find out where you could be extremely good. And it's really not that, that you, you get born and then there comes an angel telling, oh, welcome to life, John, congratulations. <laughs> here are the three things where you could be very very good no you don't know it there is not this angel and there i know many many people many people also among my friends who who struggle who constantly ask themselves where could i be good where could i be good how can i find this out because once you do something where you could be extremely good Once you do something that, that relates to your talent, life becomes a pure joy. Life will tell you that. It's, it's, it's the question of, are you doing the right thing? Are you in your element? Yeah? You have to find out whether you are a fish or whether you are a bird. And if you are a fish and you try to fly, you don't have joy But nobody tells you whether you are a fish or a bird. You have to find it out. And in your career, if you, if you, if you think you are a fish, but you, uh, naturally you are a bird, you will not be good, and you will not be happy, and you miss a tremendous opportunity. Right? I mean, how could life be if you would do the right thing? So that's why I really think that this question about what is your talent is so extremely crucial, okay? Now, of course, the question is, how can you find this out? How can a company help also people to find out whether somebody got talent in something or not? Right? That's a crucial question, and we always had this question in sports, for instance. 
Yeah. In any kind of discipline, there was always this question, how can we tell during childhood whether a kid could be good in something, could be world-class in something, because only in that case it pays off to invest in that person. And that's the same for companies. I mean, you want to know who is talented, who has significant potential, even in the moment where you can't see where an employee might be in the future. So that's a bet. So the bet should not be random. There should be some indication. There should, should be some signs of, 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 of talent. And there are some studies that were conducted, uh, which are very descriptive, uh, who, who asked the question, okay, what are those criteria most companies look at? When it comes to the question, is John talented or not in something? And, you know, and this will very much go along with what we also find in sports. There are three criteria. And that's, I, I think, also very interesting for you. It's also something very personal. Um, and the first criteria is really about personality. It's not pr like personality in a psychological, differential psychology, uh, uh, psychological uh, uh, view. It's not about the big five or so, whether you are extroverted, uh, um, open to experience or whatever. It's about how you deal with yourself, how you self-regulate, how mature are you, uh, how do you deal with... with um, with successes and failures, uh, how stable are you um, in how you deal with successes and failure? Um, is it, to put it simple, is it that you also could be a role model for others? Yeah? Um, you know, sometimes we also use this term character. Do you have a character? Are you a strong person? You know, it's very fuzzy what I say, I know. But the point is that this all does not come down to one scientific dimension. Really not. Uh, it's, it's a kind of combination of various things. And the other, the other um, indicator is a little bit more clear. It relates to performance. And more specifically, it relates to how fast you develop your performance. Or we could also say, how fast are you learning something? We could say, and this is something that we also learn from sports, if you learn something in a quick way, if you learn fast, if you learn easily, then probably you have a talent in that. Really. I mean, have, have 10 people who start doing a certain kind of sport, like golf. You have 10 people who never played golf before and they do um, a course over one day and you have 10 people, probably there are one or two people who hit the ball the farthest, while eight others still fail in the evening. Those two who already succeed in the evening, these two have talent. That's the fundamental idea. So you can look at the people in the organization. How fast did they learn? How fast did they grow? How fast did they get better? How fast did they take over one responsibility after another, right? And the third thing is, and that's something that I already have indicated, it's about your motivation. But it's even more than motivation. It's about passion. It's about being hungry, doing certain things. You know, when you look at very talented people, when you look at very successful people in the history, in the human history, whomever you take, whomever you take, in sports, 
politics, arts, science. One thing is for sure. One thing is for sure. All these people, whomever you take, whether it's Michael Jackson, whether it's Mahatma Gandhi, whether it's um, Lionel Messi, whether it's whomever you take, uh, Picasso, they all had an extreme motivation to do what they do. They could not not do what they do. They had to, you know? They had to do what they did. And they were really, it's really, it's not just motivation, it's being hungry. Can you measure this? Oh, really? Really? I mean, in, in psychology, we know it. It's very hard to measure motivation. It's really hard to. I mean, we can measure capabilities. In particular, we can measure cognitive capabilities, like with the intelligence test or so. But, but measuring motivation, that's, that's very hard to be done. But the interesting thing here is that when, when you look at an employee or when you look at a colleague, or when a group of managers thinks about a colleague or an employee and they ask themselves, is this person hungry or not? They can tell it. They can tell it. Can, can they tell it very precisely? No, probably not. Do they sometimes um, make a wrong judgment? Yes, of course. But can you see whether somebody's hungry in doing something? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Sometimes even without talking to the person. So, personality, performance, motivation might not be so surprising, but sometimes the critical things in life come down to some very fundamental things. And this is, this is one example of this, right? So, here's the point. In, in the beginning of this episode, I shared with you one strategic statement saying, For us, a talent is someone belonging to a selected elite. Somebody is a talent. Okay, but here is another view that you could also subscribe. It's to say every employee has a special talent. In the end, it is all about discovering this talent, developing it, and using it within the company wherever it may be. Okay, so this is another way how you could look at the concept of talent, saying, look, we have 1,000 people in our organization, 1,000. And we would not say that, okay, let's have 5% of these 1,000 people, 50 people who are talent, saying we have 1,000 talent, 1,000. And every person has a talent in something. And... The challenge now is how can we shape an environment, how can we shape infrastructure, how can we enable the people so that the people understand where they could be very, very good? Because, I mean, that's an opportunity. That's an opportunity for the company, okay? So that's one thing. Now, let's move from this more theoretical understanding to a more practical understanding. And the question very often is, okay, who is responsible for identifying the talent? Who is that? Who, 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 is, who is in charge? And the classic idea here is it is the executives. That's what we find very often in very hierarchical, stable organization that to say, we regard it as a central leadership task to recognize talent within the company. We have the appropriate procedures for this. 
You tell managers, look, one time in a year, you sit together, and you think about who got talent, right? So very often the immediate supervisor comes into play. So supervisors are asked in a specific meeting in a talent review, as we name it. It's very often a, a one-day meeting, one time in a year, where all the supervisors, the managers get together, and every supervisor is supposed to nominate people into the round, saying, okay, in my team I have one person from whom I believe he or she got talent. And then the entire group will discuss this person. Okay, what did she achieve in the last uh, years and months? Why do you think that she's so talented? Uh, can we prove this? Let's look at their CV, look at the former performance reviews and, and whatever. So it's very often the supervisor who nominates somebody and then it's the responsibility of the executives to jointly make a decision. Do we see this person as being a talent or not? Do we think that this person has the potential to fill a target position or a target level, which is way above. Could we, do we think that this person has the potential to achieve a general management layer in three years or something like this? Okay, that's the, that's the question. Okay, whether he or she will become a general manager in the long run, I mean, that's something that is decided by a decider on top, very often a CEO or an executive board. Okay, but that's the idea that people are nominated by their supervisors. And very often in those talent reviews, there is a procedure being used that is very commonly known uh, across the globe that is used by many global organizations. And probably most of you listeners, you know this approach. It's a it's the performance potential grid. Very often we also name it the nine block. Why is it named the nine block? Because we have two dimensions, performance and potential. And we subdivide these two dimensions into three steps. And performance is low performance, medium performance, and high performance. And also with potential, we say, okay, low, po low potential, medium potential, high potential. And when you combine these two dimensions with the three steps, you end up with nine, nine different uh, constellations. It's a three times three matrix. And who are the high potentials then? Yes, of course, those who have not only a high level of performance, but also those people where we also believe that they have a high potential. Now think of the learning curve. These people that are seen as high potentials, they're not already very, very good in something. They still have much room to get even significantly better. So that's, that's the idea. And that, again, is an approach that is pretty much about identifying talent, people, right? People, employees, right? That's the, that's the elite approach, pretty much. And, and that's very, very common. And, and there are some limitations with that, of course. And you have to be aware of those, really. I mean, one limitation is that uh, very often, supervisors, managers are not capable to recognize an employee's true potential. I mean, they are not prepared for this. They are not educated for this. They are not psychologists. I mean, potentially something so hypothetical. It's something hidden. And even the people themselves do hard to identify their own talent. How could you expect from the manager that they see the talent in you? 
but this is what they we assume that they're capable of. Very often people suffer from their supervisor. If you have a supervisor that does not see the potential in you, you depend on your supervisor and your supervisor becomes the bottleneck of your of your future career. Is that good? No, very often that's not good. It's not good that people depend on one other person when it comes to their long-term future, right? Uh, very often for a supervisor, it does not fit to their current leadership role. I mean, when you are a coach, when you are a partner, we were talking about this in earlier episodes, when you're not a boss, you do very hard in picking out singular people. This is not something that you want to do, right? Um And very often, the supervisor, they have to nominate a person for, and they have to think about the potential of a person, thinking, does that person has the potential to reach a certain level in the future, a level they have themselves never achieved? So if the team lead has to think about whether John, a regular employee, has the potential to become a, a division head, How should the team lead do this? I mean, the team lead never was a division head. Okay, I mean, that's a real problem. Really, that's a real problem. And, and you know, there's one, one problem, a particular, very practical problem. This is not very psychological here. It's very practical. I mean, most supervisors know that once they nominate an employee as a high potential and the the employee is accepted as a high potential by the others, then this high potential will attend certain development programs, as we will see in the next episodes. This person will do an MBA program, maybe. They will attend an MBA program. This employee will will be um, uh, assigned to, to stretch projects, stretching projects, stretching challenges. So, in other words, you're going to lose this employee. And do you really want to nominate an employee which is your best one? I mean, that would that would weaken your team. Do you really want this? So sometimes supervisors rather have the tendency to hide their best people and do not support them because once you support them, you're going to lose them. You're going to lose them to the organization. That's why Jack Welch always said, the best people in the organization, they do not belong to you. You just have rented them from me, <laughs> from myself. So you don't own them. So better don't hide them. It's your responsibility to make talented people visible. That's an that's a important idea. That's really an important idea. Yeah. Also, sometimes supervisors fear that when they support a strong employee, when they support a talented employee, that they, they are breeding their future competitors. Maybe when I support this employee, he or she will take over my position on the long run. Do I want this? No, of course not. <laughs> of course not. So, hmm, yeah, it's a conflict. It's a conflict. Sometimes, I mean, I have experienced many talent reviews in my life. You see, executives very often, it's like kindergarten, really. It's very often like kindergarten. Oh, you have not accepted my candidate? I will not accept your candidate. You know? This is how it very often is. Uh, hmm. So I don't want to go too deep into this. But, uh, you know, s sometimes executives can be extremely childish, really. And, uh, yeah, you heard it, me. You have not accepted my proposal. I will not accept yours. So oh, now we are equal. <laughs> this is These are political negotiations. 
very informal. Yeah. They don't add value to anybody, but it's just about uh, who, is, who is the biggest guy in the room, right? Uh, that very often happens. And, and what we also find sometimes, and that's a, it's, it's a really a risk with all these talent review procedures, is that very often supervisors nominate not the best people, for a reason I already have shared with you, but, but they see the nomination of high potentials as a chance to get rid of their shiny, over-ambitious B players. You know, sometimes you have an employee in your team, you say, oh, this employee, he always asks, well, well, how can I advance in my career, do something, manager, <laughs> I want to advance, which is good, yeah? But you think, oh, my God, that really sucks. Can't you just do your job? Yeah, so, okay, you take this B player, nominate the shiny B player, uh, and you nominate him or her uh, as a high potential. You're going to lose him or her. Okay, good luck, goodbye. <laughs> you know. So um, that's why in companies that take these procedures very serious, very often the CEO wants to, these, wants to see some of the high potentials. This is reported, by the way, uh, about Bill Gates. Bill Gates always asks, okay, show me this high potential, this one, this one, I want to meet them personally. And if you dare to nominate shiny B players, you have a problem, Mr. Manager, Mrs. Manager. You do not dare to nominate people who are not really, really good. So you, you, better, are, you better are sure whether you nominate somebody as a high potential or not, because we're going to invest a lot of money in those people. <laughs> so you better think whom you nominate. Okay? So this is this approach where executives have the responsibility to nominate and recognize talent within the organization. Now, what we find more and more, and this is the... The other strategic direction would be, no, it's not in the responsibility of managers or executives or whomever above the hierarchy. It's the responsibility of the employees themselves. And that's an interesting thing. And that pretty much goes along with this idea that everybody has a talent. So the message is the following. You tell the people, hey, people, you all have talent. Everybody of you. But it's very hard to find out where you got talent. We're going to help you to find this out, but it's your responsibility. Once you feel that you are very talented in something, then move yourself. Move yourself. Raise your hand when you see a project that excites you. If you, if you think you, you love to sell, then sell. By heaven's sake, do it. Yeah? If you feel that you have joy in doing something, then fight for it. Move yourself. And, and don't sit on your chair waiting for the executives to nominate you. It's your responsibility. It's your life. So move yourself. Take responsibility for your life and your career. But it's not that we leave you alone. We're going to give you room to find the right way. But then you yourself have to, have to walk this way. So, translated that into a strategic statement would sound like this. Employees should recognize their special talent themselves 
and bring themselves into play on their own responsibility. We, in turn, uh, the company, we, in turn, actively promote this. Consider this company as a universe of, of opportunities. Consider this company as a universe where you can grow. Consider this company as a world where so many cool things to do that you suffer from not having enough time in your life. But do something. And, and when it comes to still to the idea of, okay, who is supposed to be developed uh, in terms of attending development programs or so, if you still want to have a uh, kind of elite, uh, even in a world where people are responsible for themselves, I see more and more companies that have installed something that is named a talent manager and that's a pretty cool role we haven't seen that i guess for 10 years ago but more and more companies have something like this it's a talent manager is somebody who directly reports to the ceo somebody who's very well respected by the ceo and by the other c-level executives a talent manager is somebody who really has an understanding about business and the people And if you employee, if you have the idea that you're very, very, very talented, then you talk to the talent manager. It's an anonymous meeting maybe. And the talent manager will guide you through a process where you might find out whether you're really talented or not. It's, it's this idea of self-nomination. Self-nomination. You nominate yourself. You take over responsibility. You want to attend a special, expensive, long-term program? Okay, apply for it. Move yourself. Don't wait until you get nominated. Apply. Talk to the talent manager. And a talent manager is something like, you know, it's just like an internal executive search consultant, more or less. And an advisor, not only to the CEO, but also an advisor to the most talented people. The most talented people in the organization okay i would like to leave it to that you see it's a very very fascinating topic this topic of talent identification and in the next episode we're going to talk about how talented people or how anybody could could grow in the organization and how a company could install infrastructure enabling infrastructure to make people really develop on the long run so that's for the moment thanks for listening And uh, see you next time. <laughs>